Welcome to Diary of a Sheep Dairy Farmer, where we talk all things dairy sheep, from breeding to lambing to milking and everything in between and outside. I'm your host, Becca, owner, operator, and glorified farmhand of Hidden Hollow Sheep Dairy. Good morning and welcome back. We are halfway through January, and I don't know about you, but I am so looking forward to February for no other reason than that lambing will start in about 30 days from now, and I can't wait. I am, I'm so done with the cold and the snow and the wind. January always feels like the longest month of the year. I don't know if it's because the holidays are over and there's not much to do, or if it's because it's so cold and crummy out that I have no ambition to do anything. January always feels like a letdown. Here on the farm, we are in stasis. Breeding is over. Lambing hasn't begun, so what do we do? In a perfect world, we would be cleaning out the barn, making sure we have bulbs for the heat lamps and that all of our lambing supplies are in stock. But we don't live in a perfect world, and odds are none of that is going to happen until the week before lambing because we will put it off and come up with other things that need our attention right now, not 30 days from now doesn't necessarily mean they are more important. It's just more of what is on our mind at this exact moment. So what are some of those other things? First and foremost, we need to take stock of our hay situation. If you follow me on YouTube, you know we have had a rough go of it this summer with our hay. We went months without a drop of rain, but then second cutting, we got dumped on almost daily. And then just when I thought the hay was dry enough and I could put it into a bale, it would rain again. This went on for weeks. I think it took almost an entire month just to get one half of our second cutting put into a bale. We tend to get three cuttings off of our hay fields, but last summer we ended up with two cuttings off of one and two and a half off the other. And that half was because of that month long of rain and we would rake the hay and then it would rain and then we'd rake the hay and then it would rain and this went on and on to where when I finally was able to get it into a bale I think we got like 50 58 I know it wasn't 60 somewhere around 50 bales of hay off of our hay field so it was not it just wasn't good the other field we got two cuttings off of, and that was because of the rain. We ended up not, our second cutting on that field was just really, really late. So we ended up not getting anywhere near the amount of hay that we needed to get us through the winter. It was not an ideal year. And because we didn't get the hay we expected, I have to watch really carefully to make sure I don't run out. There's nothing worse than finding out you won't have enough hay to make it through the winter and lambing. This year, I'm going to have to cull almost all of my older ewes and anything that no longer fits with our breeding and milking program. And that's really hard for me because a lot of my ewes, even though they may not be fantastic milkers, they are amazing mothers. And if I can cross them with my better bred milking rams, in hopes of getting really good milking ewes. They won't be exceptional, I'm well aware, but 
you know, there's just, there's something about those favorites that even though they may not be the best, you just don't want to get rid of them. You know what I mean? So then that brings us to the second thing that generally happens in January, the cull. I will do a whole episode on culling our sheep, why we do it, when we do it, what I'm looking for, what I'm not looking for, all that fun stuff. But I find January is a good time to assess the sheep. Here in Idaho, January can go one of two ways. We have what we call the January thaw when temperatures reach springtime levels and melt everything, making nice flood zones, muddy, mucky barnyards. Or we have our deep freeze where temperatures don't reach above the teens and it is a frozen wasteland. That is about where we are this year. The whole last week, I guess, has been snow. We've had a little bit of rain here and there, but it has been snow. And we've had anywhere between 30 and 50 mile an hour winds that have that bone biting, bitter cold that just freezes you from the inside out. And it has been just not fun. I don't know how else to explain it. Just not fun is probably the best way to explain it. So yeah, this is just a good time for me to look through my breeding records and decide which of my ewes are no longer working for us. And that could be as simple as they still have some of the Katahdin blood in them that I'm trying to phase out. Or it could be that in the past two years, they haven't raised a lamb to weaning. That could be that it was a stillborn or it died before the 30 or 60 days. Or it could be that they rejected too many lambs. I sold one of my better milkers this fall just for that reason. She was a great mom when she had singles or twins. But the times she had triplets, she always rejected one, sometimes two. And that is something I I don't, I don't stand for it. I just don't. My sheep's number one job is to raise their lambs. Their number two job is to give me milk once I wean the lambs. If they don't do job number one, they won't be very good at job number two because their milk supply will not be where it should have been had they raised all their lambs. I also look for ewes that have only given me singles. If they give me ewe lambs, then I consider keeping them. Or if it's a mix of ewes and rams, But if they only ever give me ram lambs, I do consider culling them, even though my husband would prefer boy lambs to sell over girl lambs that I want to keep. I also look at their milk records. And this can get a little tricky with my younger ewes since we haven't milked our sheep for two years due to dairy barn issues. We had a flood in the dairy barn and it ruined a bunch of the sheetrock and we aren't very good at getting around to some projects that we know we're not going to need to do right away. So we have been putting that one off. We finally got it taken care of this year, or I guess last year in 2023. So the hope is that I will be able to milk my sheep this year without any issues. Let's cross our fingers and hope for the best, right? But I can look at my older ewes and assess if their production has dropped over the years, even if it's just the few years that we have been milking them. If I see a significant drop, I'll usually cull unless I don't have any daughters out of that ewe. Then I may keep her in hopes of getting a ewe lamb to carry on those genetics. And then I also look at bloodlines. I have a couple bloodlines I will not get rid of for any reason. They're usually my top milking lines, and so I want to make sure I always keep those genetics in my flock. However, if I see a bloodline, that hasn't been all that great for milking, such as my Katahdin bread ewes, I will start the culling process on that line. 
I also spend a lot of time with my Rams. If you follow me on any platform whatsoever, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you will understand how obsessed I am with Rams. I have a serious problem. I want to keep every boy Ram that is out of my better use or my better Rams or just looks amazing to me. And I can't keep them all. In past years, I've done pretty good. I've only kept one or two Rams from my flock as replacement Rams. However, last year, in 2023, I think I kept seven. I don't need seven replacement Rams. I had two of my best Rams die this year. Now granted, they were both old. One of them was nine years old, almost 10. And the other one, he was about the same. He was pushing about the eight or nine year old mark. And I've kept Ram Lambs from both of them from 2023 just because I needed them for replacements. But I also kept Ram Lambs from Rams I didn't need to replace. Now I have 300 ewes in my flock. I have 20 Rams. And that is, I, I sold five of them this year. Plus we had two die. And I'm still at 20 Rams, including the seven that I kept. I have a problem. I'm well aware of it. And I'm not planning on doing anything about it anytime soon. But I do need to go through my Rams again. I have two Rams. One of them, he's not spectacular, but he's an absolute sweetheart and I love him and I don't want to get rid of him, but he's kind of a dud. So I, he really just needs to go down the road. I have another Ram, actually two other Rams that are AI Rams. Uh, their moms were artificially inseminated and I love both of those Rams and I need to use them more. I don't, I don't utilize them near enough to justify keeping them. So I need to use them more so that my husband doesn't tell me it's time for those two to go away. Any of the new rams to the flock, I gentle my rams. I will not keep a ram around that is a jerk. And I need to be able to handle them and manage them when it comes to breeding because I can't always guarantee my husband is going to be here to help me get the rams in with the ewes. I won't keep a dangerous ram no matter how much I like him. I assess the temperament on the new younger rams that I have kept for myself from lambing. This year of the seven that I kept back, the more and more I watch them and the more and more I'm around them, I already know three are staying for sure. One is a maybe. He's not very friendly. He's put together really nice and he's solid black, which I'm obsessed with. The other one is, I'm just not sure about him, to be honest. I kept him because of his paternal bloodline, but he's just not looking as good as he did when he was a lamb. I really can't even put my finger on it, but I just don't like him as much as I did six months ago. And the last two, they're just not growing well. They're, they're smaller. They, they aren't filling out the way I would prefer them to. So I think if they don't go down the road, they will probably end up in the freezer. January also marks 30 days until lambs drop and I am so excited to have lambs again and to be lambing again. It's a good time to assess the ewes in this last 30 days. Are the older girls holding their winter weight or are they starting to slough off? How do the pregnant girls look? Are they starting to bag up? Are they looking pregnant? Do they seem too thin for winter and the lambs they are carrying? Do I need to up their feed? Or are they looking a little fatter than they should that could make lambing difficult? 
These are the questions I ask myself every day when I feed, every time I walk past their pen, every time I look at my sheep. I also look at my ewe lambs, the lambs that were born in 2023. I have bred some of them and some of them I have not. And I'm assessing them either for potential lambing. Are they looking like they are going to have issues because they're smaller? Are they starting to even look a little bit bred? Or did they all miss? And I assess them for potential breeding depending on when they were born and if it looks like they took. So if a ewe lamb does not look bred, does not look like she's even remotely bagging up or filling out... I I may decide whether or not she stays or whether I put her into the May breeding group. It's just all a matter of what she looks like to my eye. I am not a fan of breeding young ewes, which I know goes against everything sheep farmers will tell you. Even in the dairy sheep industry, it's more common to follow meat sheep rules and breed at 8 to 9 months old so they lamb around 13 to 14 months. I prefer to wait with my ewe lambs and breed them at a year so they will lamb around 17 to 18 months. I find waiting makes for easier lambing as well as longevity of my ewes. Now in 2023, I did not follow my own advice. I got sucked into what everybody, quotes everybody, told me I had to do. That if my sheep were not able to be bred at eight or nine months, then they weren't worth keeping. So I went against my own instincts. I went against everything that my record keeping shows me. And I bred my eight and nine month old ewe lambs. I am not expecting a very good turnout from those ewes. They will probably go into my May group or I might just wait until they are a year and a half old and breed them in September, which means the lamb at about two years old But quite honestly, I find I would much rather wait with my ewes and breed them later than have a ewe that will continually not take because she was not mature enough. So in 2024, I am going back to what I know for my sheep, for what is, for what works with my sheep. Let's put it that way. And ignoring all the outside voices and outside advice from people that are very well-meaning, but don't know my sheep or my situation. So honestly, in January, I just spend a lot of time looking at my sheep. The more I watch them, the more I notice things. January is also a good time to make notes on all the fencing we have to repair in spring and summer. Fencing is an ongoing process on our farm. We have miles of barbed wire for when we were a cattle ranch, but now that we have switched to sheep, we are replacing all the old fence with new sheep fence. It has been a slow process, and we have found most of the sheep fence put up by our renters in the past was never done right. It wasn't stretched. It was, most of it wasn't even clipped in place. It was just tied here or there, helter-skelter, and I guess a hope for the best. So we have had to take it all down and replace it. We have been working on the perimeter fencing to keep our sheep from visiting the neighbors. Oh, we've been doing that for probably two years, and I think we are down to 
our last one, two, three and a half sections, I think. And so once we get those last sections done, the perimeter fencing on our farm will be complete. Then we'll move on to the interior fencing. Our plan is to rotational graze. And right now the sheep have access to everything but the hay fields and where the buildings are. It's a lot of open space and they waste more grass than they can eat every summer. It ends up going to seed and once it goes to seed, they won't eat it. And it's just, I'm hoping that by splitting the flock and rotational grazing, this will be the answer to utilizing all the pasture we have in a timely manner without losing it. I also look for those little projects we've been putting off, things I can do without my husband's help so I don't take up all of his weekends with farm jobs and we can go do some fun things. Hasn't happened yet, but I am ever hopeful. Some of those projects, like fixing the rotting beams in the, in the lambing barn, are beyond me and definitely need two people. Specifically one who knows what they're doing, like my husband. But some of them, like cleaning up the twine from the hay bales we feed that we just throw on the ground because we're too lazy to go and take it all the way to the burn barrel, or hauling hay and straw for the sheep, repairing feeders, fixing holes the sheep or deer, have made in the fencing until we can pull it out and replace it are what keeps me busy most of January. I do make note of the bigger projects in hopes we can get to them in the coming year. This year, we have a couple big ones, one being the rotten beams in the lambing barn. Another is switching the header from our old swather to our newer swather. The old header is wider, so we'll have 14-foot windrows instead of 12-foot windrows and stretching new fence is always on the list. The last three big projects I know of this year would be to switch out my old sorting chute for the new one my husband has spent the last year working on and I am so excited. He finally finished it, it is finally home, and I am hoping sometime this week we can get it put in, pull the old chute out, put the new chute in, and I will have time to run my sheep and sort my sheep and just make my life simpler. Another project would be to clean out the lambing barn in preparations for lamb in February. Odds are it will probably happen the week before lambing starts because I just know how our world works. And then the last big project would be getting the processing room in the dairy barn finished so that once I milk my sheep, I can take the milk into the processing room and make cheese and not have to bring it up to the house and do it in my kitchen. And once we have the processing room done and certified, then I can be making cheese to sell, not just cheese for my family. And hopefully setting up the cheese cave at the same time so that I will have a place to store my cheese. So not a lot of projects, just time-consuming ones. January is kind of a time to relax and regroup before lambing starts. This year I will be lambing out about 180 ewes between the 15th of February and the 25th of May. So I need my downtime now. And I will take you through all the lambing during a weekly recap of how things went for the week and any issues I may have had. So I think that's going to be it for this week. I appreciate you being here. 
And we will be back next week when we talk about culling. Kind of alluded to some of the things that we do, and but I will do... I will go a little more in depth on all of that. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Diary of a Sheep Dairy Farmer, or if you want to follow all the daily chaos around the farm, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Hidden Hollow Sheep Dairy. Until next week, bye guys.